Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. Y'all, I am tired. I got to Ghana on a Thursday, and then my group of travelers, I think it was 22 or 25 of them, arrived on Monday. So four days to myself to reboot my life on another continent, which didn't do so well in terms of planning. That's okay, because I had to move into the hotel with the travelers. Okay, that got done. Amazing trip, amazing group of ladies, happy to host them, hope to host them on another part of the continent or Asia sometime soon. That's not the point. Finish up with the travelers. Everyone is on a plane except one who decided to stay over a little later on a plane back to America, safe and sound. I hang out in Ghana for another three to four days and then I get on a plane and I fly five hours to Kigali, Rwanda for the Move Africa festivities. I'm climbing volcanoes. I'm hanging out with gorillas. I'm going to fancy restaurants. I'm going to see Kendrick Lamar perform. Amazing time. Regret nothing. Went on safari. Saw animals. Went to a bunch of art galleries. Spent way too much on art. That's not the point. It's beautiful shit. I had the money. I'm not going to be broke. Okay. Come back to Ghana. And I'm planning a party for the 300th episode of my podcast. At which point... The event planner, like I send her a screenshot because she was like, oh, we need a cake. You should put the logo for your podcast like on the cake. Like that'll be beautiful. And I'm like, yeah, okay." So I screenshot like the latest episode of the podcast and I send it over to her. And so she was like, um, this is the 400th. And I was like, huh? 
And she was like, this is the 400th episode. Like, it's because we're at 395. And I was like, I'm sorry, excuse me? Because I've been saying 300 all the time. I was like, oh, this is a really big deal. I've done 300 episodes. That's so many episodes. And she was like, no, you're on 395. You're approaching 400. We're doing a party for the 400th. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? I looked at what I sent her and it said 395. And then I had to scroll back because I was like, is that a typo? And then it wasn't. I've been talking about celebrating the 300th episode. And I was like, oh, it's like 300, like the movie. Like 300 has branding. 300 has gladiators. Like there's a whole mood and a moment around 300. And I was like, should we celebrate 400? It doesn't seem like a thing. Like, shouldn't I just hold out for five? To which point she just completely ignored me. She was like, we have a venue. We have a cake. We have photographers. Like, you sound crazy. Like, we're going to change it to 400. We're going to proceed. I'm not convinced. I called my lawyer and I'm like, oh my God, nine. Like, I can't throw a party for 400. Like, 400 not a thing. And she was like, you sound simple. She's like, one, I can't believe you missed 300 because that's a thing. But like, of course, you're going to throw a party for 400. And then you'll throw another party for 500. Like, it's, it's, it's a milestone. And I was like, is 400 a milestone? It doesn't feel like a milestone. Like 500 feels like a milestone. 300 is not really a milestone per se, but because there was a movie, there's proper branding around the number 300. And then also 300, you take away a zero, that's 30. 30 has branding around it. 30 is like a life change. Like to that logic that I guess 40 is kind of like a life change too. If you add a zero, you get to 400. It doesn't quite feel right. Like I personally feel like we should wait till 500, but I also didn't celebrate 50 and I didn't celebrate 100 and I didn't celebrate 250 or 300. The podcast has been going since like 2019. It was supposed to be 90 days and like here we are 400 episodes later and I've never celebrated any aspect of it. It's just been, you know, I do what I do and It's just been, you know, once a week to twice a week. It's every Tuesday. It's every Friday. It's it's what I do. It's built into the schedule, but I've never celebrated it. And so 400, here we are. As you're listening to this episode, I think we're on this episode, especially late as hell. I've been on the road. I don't know what you want from me. 397. So we're three episodes away from 400. And I'm running ragged and kind of crazed. Like, I really need a nap. I've had a lot of champagne. There's so much going on in my life. But here we are on the brink of 400. I rarely celebrate myself. I rarely celebrate any of my wins. I fully acknowledge that I have like a very epic life. My wins are climbing a volcano and looking at gorillas. But I actually do professional stuff, even though it doesn't always feel like work. And I feel like doing something since 2019 and it's 2023 kind of should be acknowledged, even though I would love it if it's 500. It just seems like a more whole number. But nonetheless, we're throwing a party with tons of champagne in Ghana for the 400th episode of my podcast. I'm also giddy. If you've been a longtime listener, you know that when I moved to Ghana, my goal was to buy property here. I very much wanted to buy a condo. I looked at places when I was here before. I found one spot, you remember this, that I was excited about. It wasn't in the right part of the city. It was a great space. When I went into it, it was still just like in the laid concrete phase. There were like bars over what would be windows. I could literally walk off the edge and fall off the face of the earth. 
but it had views and it had the right size and it was in a good neighborhood, but not exactly where I wanted to live. Didn't quite love the design of the building, but it was 80% good. And I was excited about the place and it was in the budget, a little bit over budget, but I could, I could, I could figure it out. I have to cut back on some other things, but it wasn't going to hurt the pockets too bad. And I was like, okay, I think I could do this. Had a one-on-one with myself and was like, no, the goal is a hundred percent. The goal is not to settle. You don't do it in any other aspect of your life. You definitely should not do it on your first home purchase. So I decided not to get the place. And I'm glad I did. I was very frustrated because I've been looking for places for the last nine months or so. Nothing has come onto the market that was what I wanted. Not in the location that I wanted, not the size that I wanted, not the energy that I wanted. It was always something. I was getting very frustrated. I was like, maybe I'm asking for too much. Maybe I'm expecting too much. The other day, I get back to Ghana. I'm driving back from, I don't even know where I was going, outside my neighborhood, a a place that's kind of north from where I am, maybe like 15 minutes or so. And we take like this back road and my driver takes this back road because the, the traffic is really bad. And we drive by one of my favorite restaurants and across the street from my restaurant, when I was here in January, it was an empty lot, is this building that I would say, based on what I know about construction, because I've watched so many places go up in Ghana, it's probably... Eight to 10 months from being finished. It's fine. It's in the perfect location. Like it's on a street with like a ton of restaurants. I can still walk to the grocery store with my backpack. It's around the corner from my nail salon. I get back to my house. I look up the place. What it is projected to look like when it's finished is perfection. Beautiful building. Beautiful energy. Perfect location. And the price is right. I was like, something's got to be wrong with it. What's wrong with it? Earlier today, Davida, my business partner, also bestie, right? She owns a bunch of properties here in Ghana. She was like, hey, I got an invite to this place. I think you would love it. They're doing a big event on Friday for buyers and investors. We should go. Now, look, buying and investing in real estate is a really big thing in Ghana. If you want to meet like high profile, high wealth individuals, men, it's a good place to meet them. That's not why I'm going. I'm really interested in this building. I think I found my apartment. Like, I got butterflies in my tummy. And like, you know how I've been talking about how I've been buying all this art and I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get it back to America. Maybe it doesn't go back. Why not win? I'm so excited. Can you hear it in my voice? Like, I, I got butterflies. I never get butterflies. I got butterflies about a guy I met in Rwanda. That's it. I'm not telling you anything else. Because anytime I mention a man, y'all go crazy. And all y'all want to hear about is like what happened with the man. Nice man. That's it. If you remember one time I wrote on social media and I was like, I have a very set list of qualifications of someone that I would actually date. And if they don't meet them, then I'm completely not interested. He meets all the qualifications. In fairness, though, in fairness, right? And this is part of the reason I wanted to go to Global Citizen, because it's It's kind of like the who's who from around the whole continent flew into Rwanda. And this happened last year when I was in Ghana, too. And I met multiple men 
some of them just passing meetings, some of them actual like interest, romantic, whatever, but who fit the qualifications of what I was looking for, like 10 of them. I was like, oh, there's actually a bunch of people that meet these qualifications. I just have to be in the right room to meet them. Okay. Nice guy. I'm telling you nothing else. That's it. That's all you get. But you know, I don't get excited about anyone. I don't really be interested in that many people. Like, I'm very selective. But I'm like, oh, hot. He was like, hey. And then, you know, that's all you get. That's no more. That's it. And don't mention this on social media. I'm just telling you on the podcast. Do not come in the comments and ask. Okay. Rwanda was a successful adventure. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. I had um, Prosecco earlier. I don't know if you could tell, but I did. Rosé. They keep it on ice for me in my local wine shop. I go in like every Thursday, but today is Wednesday. But I needed to go early this week, and it was already in the refrigerator for me. My people look out for me. I tip well. That's not the point. Congratulations to Sierra and Russell. Good black news this week. They had the baby. She cute as a button. They already posted pictures of her. She's adorable. Mother and baby are both doing well. This is Russell and Sierra's third biological child together, but their fourth child. I hope folks leave this lady alone. I mean, they're not going to because I know how people are. But she and Russell been married like damn near 10 years and have created three new humans together. And people still want to talk about Sierra and like her ex-boyfriend and the father of her first child. I'm not even calling the nigga by name because I'm like, he's a non-factor to me. But I'm like, people just, they can't let it go. They just, he's the one that talks about her. She doesn't talk about him. She has three children, three new children, three new whole humans with her husband of almost a decade. And people still want to talk about like her ex. (sighs) Nobody ever talks about Russell's ex. Like he was married before too. To that bad looking white lady with the really big mouth. And good black news. Personal good black news. The color purple is coming to Ghana. It's getting amazing. I don't know if I've seen reviews yet. But several of the lead actresses are nominated for Golden Globes. I saw Fanny was nominated for one. And mind you. It's like December 13th. The film doesn't come out till the 25th. And already people are nominated for Golden Globe. I want to say, who's my boo? Danielle. I don't remember her last name. I want to say. Stay with me. Danielle Brooks. That's her name. I love you, Danielle. I didn't mean no kind of shade. I saw you on Broadway. I think you played Miss Sophia. Absolutely amazing. I mean, no kind of shade. I couldn't remember your last name. I, re- I just call you Danielle. I didn't mean nothing by it. But congratulations to both of those ladies. I saw that Taraji didn't get a nod. I love me some Taraji. That's my boo from back home. Although, let's say and. Let's not say although. Let's not say but. We don't want to negate anything from Taraji's excellence. Taraji has has taken a weird take, if you will, in interviews about the color purple. 
Like I was reading something earlier today and they were asking her about like the Color Purple remake and why it's important. And she said something like the perception of the movie the first time around and how it missed an important part of black life. And it talked about the hardship, but it didn't talk about the joy. And that was like a, you know, a big um, blind spot. I'm paraphrasing in the film. And I was like, ooh, ooh, ooh. Tar- like, I love me some Taraji. And in addition to loving Taraji, I was like, sis, this this not the take that you want to make. Like the color purple is a classic. There was celebration and black joy in the film. Like, I mean, there's a lot of like horrible shit too, but there absolutely was celebration and joy in the film. Like, like Shug Avery down to the juke joint and, and Shug Avery also like walking to the church and then Shug pouring into Miss Sophia. And maybe you want a little more, but I was like, don't, don't diss the first version of the film, which is how you got to the second version of the film all these years later, where you are being celebrated, where you get a prominent role and you are being celebrated. And your acting chops are getting the full shine that you don't always get. Like, sis, don't do that. Don't do that. I'm not, I'm not canceling. I'm not rebuking. I'm not even hand slapping. I'm just saying, sis, like, let's pivot in our take on why the color purple needed to be remade into a musical. Maybe point out the lack of music in the first one and talk about the success of the color purple on Broadway and how we're now bringing that to the big screen. Like, we don't have to diss the first one to justify the second one. That's all I'm saying, sis. Let's take a, just a pivot in how, we, how we're approaching the press questions of why there needs to be another color purple. That's all I'm saying. Like we, It's a classic for a reason. Like It works. People cry at the end because it, it, it hits them, the whole story. Don't, don't take away from that. Thank you. Oh, speaking of Fantasia, thank you for telling me who Fantasia's stylist is because I have been gushing over Fantasia's wardrobe and I didn't know who the architect was behind how good she's looking. It's a man named Daniel Hawkins. Shout out to Daniel Hawkins. I sent him a DM earlier today and I was like, bruh, I had to track you down and let you know that what you're doing with Fanny is fantastic. We see you doing your good work. I just needed to tell him that. Fantasia, and she's a nice looking woman. She's always been a nice looking woman. How she's been dressed from head to toe. I'm not sure who's on face yet, but hair, face, fashion, feet, everything. My girl looks fantastic. I go look on Instagram every day to see what Fantasia had on for her most recent press event. Fabulous. All of it. Fabulous. I'm really proud of her. I'm going to say this. You know, in general, my rule is I only talk about things that have happened in the last couple weeks. I don't like to bring up people's like, oh, shit. I don't like it when people do it to me, so I don't do it to other people. That said, I'm bringing this up in the spirit of, of just reminding people of how life can turn around for them. How if you just keep going. I say this as much for other people to hear it as I say it for myself to hear it. I remember... Many years ago, probably 10 at this point, Fantasia was in a not so good situation. She was dating a man she had no business dating. A lawsuit had occurred and she tried to commit suicide. She went on GMA, had to be GMA because she sat down with Robin Roberts. And it was maybe within 48 hours of when the story about her suicide attempt had hit the news. And then when she sat down in ABC Studios to talk to Robin. 
and she had no business on television. I, it was a low moment for ABC. Like, the girl just tried to commit suicide 48 hours earlier. She's not okay. Y'all ain't got no business having a camera in her face and having her sit down and try to sound intelligent or knowledgeable or reflective about anything. Like, it hasn't been enough time. But it was clearly a low moment in her life. I rooted for Fanny. She wasn't making good choices at the time, but as somebody who's made their own bad choices, I don't have much space to judge. Different bad choices, but bad choices nonetheless. If she had stopped believing in herself, if she had listened to her naysayers who said awful things about her at the time, if she had continued on in a bad space, if she had not found her own strength, if she had not just kept going through all that she was experiencing that was negative then, she would not be where she is now. That she has been able, through several very public personal ups and downs, to get from where she was to where she is right now, being internationally celebrated on the promotion of a major, major film that I expect is going to do huge box office numbers, that's being co-signed by Oprah Winfrey. Every time you see a picture of Oprah, you see a picture of Fantasia standing right there. I'm so happy for her. And I hope that other people who just think that, you know, the worst of the worst has happened to them. They've hit a nadir in their life. They don't know how to recover. And as I say it today, I'm usually 100% when I say things like that. I'm kind of, I'm kind of like... It's 70 right now. I'm trying to be hopeful. If you know, you know. I'm not explaining it to people who don't. But I think if you if you do your best, if you really buckle down and you try to be the best version of yourself and you, you put one foot in front of the other and you keep your eye on the prize and you stay determined, I think the world will turn around for you. I think it works out in your favor in the long run. And again, I usually say that with 100% assurance. Right now, my faith has been rocked a little bit. I didn't think God would ever do this to me, but perhaps there's some lesson in it that I need to learn. I keep seeing this meme because, you know, I follow all sorts of pages that are both ratchet and respectable. But I keep seeing this meme and it asks people like, are you healed or are you just in a place where you don't have to confront your shit? And so I thought I was in a place that I was healed and now I've got to confront my shit. So right now, like I'm challenged to... I don't know, really see what I'm made of. I've done the therapy and I thought I've done the healing and the time has passed, but it's a test of faith, really. Like I I had a whole conversation with God the other day and I was like, you really brought me this far to drop me off here? I'm trying to stay faithful. It's very hard right now. But before this all came to fruition, it's in the last 48 hours that um, my everything has been shaken but literally, like the day before that, I was still in Rwanda and I saw some picture of Fantasia and I thought about what I just expressed to you, like remembering when she was at what I think is her nadir. I don't know if she would describe it that way, but what I thought of was like, oh my God, like I remember praying for her, but just to like see where she is now is just such a testament to perseverance and God's grace. <sighs> I hope that the same God that has... um allowed her to overcome the worst of herself can show the same mercy on me next topic (laughs) you can host the best backyard barbecue 
when you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. I didn't get to see the Grammys. I guess it's not the official Grammy Awards. It's just, quote unquote, just a tribute to hip hop in the 50th year. It it didn't air in Ghana. <laughs> Maybe if I did a more thorough YouTube search, I could see the full performance. I'll try that. I just haven't been able to track it down just yet. Maybe we can do a review if ever I can find it. Oh, while we're on Good Black News. Oh, this is cute. Oprah has a portrait in the National Portrait Gallery. She's wearing purple. Is this Oprah's first portrait? I feel like that's impossible. As much as Oprah's accomplished, this can't be the first Oprah portrait. I refuse to believe that. It might seem so. Let's look at this story real quick. I don't think y'all understand how much better I feel that I like. Obviously, I have FOMO about Renaissance. But that I can actually see the color purple in Ghana has brought me like an immeasurable, immeasurable amount of joy. I seriously debated flying home for like a week in early January just to get like my cup full of American culture. I know that sounds ridiculous. If you knew what flights were from Ghana to America at this time of year. I'm reading this on Today.com. It says Oprah Winfrey is the latest icon to be honored with a painting in the Natural Portrait Gallery. This is impossible that Oprah didn't have a painting before now. You've got to be kidding me. But according to today, this is Oprah's debut. It says, joining the ranks of presidents, scientists, film stars, and more, Winfrey's portrait in her honor was unveiled in the gallery in D.C. on December 13th. Oprah says, quote, as I stand here on the eve of my 70th birthday, this woman has never looked more amazing. To have a portrait included in the National Portrait Gallery alongside the greats, Harriet Tubman, Frederick Douglass, Abraham Lincoln, Ida B. Wells, Michelle and Barack Obama, Lena Horne, John F. Kennedy, Oprah Winfrey. Really? The 25 years of that number one talk show and she didn't get a portrait in the gallery? Whole owning own didn't get a portrait in the gallery? The, the second film of The Color Purple, not the first, not the Broadway version. But the second film version of The Color Purple is what landed Oprah in the gallery. And I'm not mad at it. I'm glad she made it. I'm just surprised it took this long. I'm like, 25 years on TV, number one? No? Owning a whole network as a black woman. I think she was the first to do it. No? I'm just, I'm just, I just, I just, you know, I think she should have had one by now. Today.com describes in the painting, Winfrey is depicted wearing a purple floor-length gown, while she stands holding an olive sprig in the garden of her home in California. The portrait stands about 6 feet 10 inches tall with the frame. The painting will be available to view on the museum's first floor starting December 13th. That would be today. I'm recording late as hell. Stay with me. There's a lot going on. Do we have other good black news this week? I feel like unfortunately we do not. So last week's episode I taped on Friday. I record it, I edit it, and as soon as I'm done, I see the recap of Jonathan Major's court date. All the major trade publications and just entertainment publications are covering his trial. This case, this story, has been dragged out since I think, is it March? 
But finally, the trial is underway. We talked about one day of testimony where it came out that he had told his white and blonde girlfriend that he wanted her to be behave like Michelle Obama or Coretta Scott King and basically support and stand by her man. That was just, you know, foolery and fuckery that you could ha-ha about. The details that came out on Friday pissed me off. I'll tell you why. The details that came out on Friday, I was like, oh, this nigga did this shit. Like, I have tried to be objective. I have said it doesn't sound good, but like, let's see what comes out at trial. Because he said that he didn't do it. And I gave in one episode a very crisp analysis of what it would mean if he actually did what he's being accused of. The short version of it. I don't know if I'm going to be as thorough today as I was before. I told y'all I had my Prosecco. But I pointed out that for Jonathan Majors to do what he's accused of would mean that he dated this girl for about two years. They lived together in his apartment. He decided to cheat on her with this other woman. She became upset. She grabs his phone and... If true of what he's accused of, it would mean that he physically assaulted the woman in some fashion. After that, he kicked this woman that he's been dating for two years out of the house. Then he begins publicly dating Megan Good, who he's not just dating, but dating so seriously that she starts showing up to his trial for assault of his ex-girlfriend. He also pressed charges against the woman. She was arrested. The state has declined to press charges against her. Nigga, you're a monster. It's kind of seeming like that shit's true. The details of Friday's trial, and I'll bring you up to date because we're now, I'm recording this on Wednesday. So we'll talk about what happened on Monday and Tuesday as well. But Friday is really important because on Friday, the girlfriend is on, I want to say her final day of testimony. I think she testified for three or four days. Initially, the text messages that she shares on Friday have been ruled inadmissible by the judge. Because of the cross-examination that Jonathan Major's attorney did on his ex-girlfriend, whatever series of questions she asked opened the window to introduce texts that had previously been thrown out from the trial. Which, given the text and the information in them, that were allowed to be entered into evidence. I'm like, I mean, I've said for months now that Jonathan Major's lawyer is trash and that she hates him. Everything negative that I think about Jonathan Majors in this case has been because of information released by his own attorney. She released those texts real early on where she was like, Jonathan Major's girlfriend like admits in text that like she was the problem. And the text sounded like classic abuse survivor logic where she's like, I'm going to get us out of this. I'm going to tell the police it was my fault. I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. Like just some classic like victim blaming her own self behavior. And I was like, why, why would she release this shit? Like his lawyer read this shit and didn't realize she sounds like a very classic domestic violence victim. Like you thought this sounded like a confession, ma'am. This latest round of text that gets read on Friday is from an incident that happened in the UK 
six months before the incident that Jonathan Majors is on trial for. The girlfriend had a head injury and it's not clear where it came from. Based on the text messages, there's a strong implication that Jonathan Majors had done something to the girlfriend that resulted in a head injury. Just to give you context for the text, she's not feeling well. She does, again, have a head injury, and she wants to go to the hospital. And Jonathan Majors is trying to convince his girlfriend not to. So he says to her, this is where the text that were read in court pick up. He says, quote, they will ask you questions. They, I think, doctors in this situation. And as I don't think you actually protect us, it could lead to an investigation, even if you do lie and they suspect something. The girlfriend responds, I will tell the doctor I bumped my head if I go. She says, I'm going to give it one more day, but I can't sleep and I need some strong painkillers. She continues, why would I tell them what really happened when it's clear I want to be with you? He responds, I'm a monster, a horrible man. I am killing myself soon. I've already put things in motion. To me, I read that. And it seems like best case scenario. So best case, right? She has a head injury. She is in pain. She cannot sleep. And he's more concerned about how he will be viewed than the injury that she's experiencing, which sounds to me as someone who's had two concussions as a kid, gymnastic shit, not abuse. You're more concerned about how you will be viewed by these doctors than whether your girlfriend has an actual concussion. The other part, if you have nothing to do with why your partner has a head injury, why would it even cross your mind that someone would think that her head injury has something to do with you? The best case scenario here is that your partner has what sounds like a concussion. You're more concerned about how you will be perceived than your partner who is in pain. That alone makes you a trash individual. The worst case scenario, you caused her head injury. You don't want her to go to the hospital, but you think that the doctors and nurses will see through whatever lies that she tells them. You don't want her to go to the hospital because you think that he found out that you were involved in her head injury. And you're so desperate for her not to go to the hospital that you're threatening to kill yourself. It's very clear and obvious to me. He hit that lady. That said, he's not on trial for this incident in September. He's on trial for something that happened in March in the back of a taxi cab. His lawyer, if you've been following this trial for a very long time, was very adamant. We have testimony from the cab driver who says that Jonathan Majors was innocent like he will clear him. We have eyewitness testimony that says Jonathan Majors did not do what he's accused of. At the Monday trial, they put the cab driver on the stand. Cab driver doesn't speak English very well, needs an interpreter. They asked the cab driver, what did you see? What happened? The cab driver says, I was actually looking straight ahead because I was driving and I was focused on the road. 
So everything that I'm telling you is based on what I heard and my interpretation of what was happening based on the sounds that were coming from the back seat. I didn't actually see anything because I was trying to drive and I was looking straight ahead. So you have ear witness testimony because it ain't eyewitness if he ain't see shit. They put the cab driver on the stand and the cab driver basically said, based on what I heard, it sounded like she was the aggressor and the man was trying to get away from her. The cab driver also says they both got out the car and the boy, that's what he calls Jonathan Majors, and the girl, his girlfriend, says that he tried to push her back into the car. He says push her based on the context of what I read. It doesn't sound violent as if he's beating her. It sounds like, in fairness, that Jonathan Majors is trying to leave. The girlfriend is on him and he's trying to push her back into the car to get away from her. The, the cab driver says as much. He says the boy was trying to get away. I think this was Tuesday's testimony. They talked to the police officers that showed up at the house after the incident. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take. Whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. It said Jonathan Majors called the police. He had, came, he had returned to the house. He found his girlfriend. He told the police it was his ex in the closet of their home. And he called the police. He thought that she had tried to commit suicide. The police come to the house. They say they didn't find any signs that she had tried to commit suicide. The police officer says he did notice a bit of blood on the bed. Police took her to the hospital to treat a fractured middle finger and a cut behind her ear, as well as undergo a short psychiatric evaluation. The police said when they found her, she was confused as to her location. They said she was asking, how did I get here? Is he here? Is he out there? They asked her what had happened. Police said she told them she was struck in the head several times and that Jonathan Majors had grabbed her throat. The defense says, the defense argues that 
the girlfriend has fabricated the defense argues that the girlfriend has fabricated the allegations to get back at majors for breaking up with her oh there's one other detail too i wanted to point out because it was just like a weird thing they asked a medical witness he was the attending physician at the hospital where the girlfriend was admitted for injuries when he was asked about the girlfriend's injuries by the prosecution he told the court that her injuries were quote consistent with the narrative that she had shared of what happened that night but then on cross-examination he said the injury to the girlfriend's finger was quote inconsistent with having been caused by someone twisting her finger to me if i was a juror If you say it's consistent to talking to one person and you say it's inconsistent to talking to another, I don't find you to be a credible witness. So what you say is irrelevant to me because your story is not consistent. Okay. The cab driver, there was supposed to be this bombshell witness that could clear Jonathan Majors. The cab driver saying, I didn't actually see anything. I just heard it and I was focused on the road. I can tell you what happened based on the sounds. You didn't see shit. It sounded like doesn't hold the same weight to me as I saw. If you're talking about what people said, sure. If you're talking about somebody being hit, I need you to actually see somebody's hand connect with a part of somebody else's body. So the cab driver doesn't seem reliable to me. As of right now, what's actually reliable to me based on the information that I've read thus far, there was definitely an incident last September where Jonathan Majors did something to this woman that caused a head injury. The woman says that there are other incidents where he was violent with her. Because she's given evidence to me that is strong of him being violent with her, I'm more inclined to believe her version of events about what happened in March. Being as how the attending physician isn't giving credible testimony And the taxi driver, to me, is not giving credible testimony. The text from before, and again, the text from the September incident sound like he is someone who's been violent before. So if you tell me he was violent in September and then he was violent again in March, I'm more inclined to believe that based on the text that just came out. Also, I'm thinking of the text from prior that came out that his lawyer released and was like, oh, this will clear my client's name. And the woman was telling Jonathan Majors, again, via text, that she didn't mean to make him hit her and that she would take care of it and make sure that nothing happened to him. It sounded like classic DV victim survivor logic. I think he did the shit. Also, I guess because it was thought all this time that the text that came out on Friday, the one where he calls himself a monster and threatens to kill himself, that they were considered inadmissible until his lawyer did a line of questioning that suddenly made them admissible, which I was like, ma'am, you should be sued for malpractice for that shit because it makes your client sound guilty as fuck. I'm just like, Jonathan Majors decided not to take a plea deal and let this situation go to trial because he's fighting to save his what was looked like a very promising A-list Hollywood career. And I'm like, it's March, we're in December. For the last eight or nine months, there's been this trickle out of information about stuff that is really not so good about Jonathan Majors. 
and it snowballed to make him almost like untouchable. So like, even if he is found not guilty, there's been so much negative press. If I were a studio, I wouldn't touch him. I don't understand why he didn't just plead to this many, many months ago, claim he needed to go to AA or, or, or Narcotics Anonymous or therapy, facing depression, there's been grief in his life and whatever. All the excuses that people in Hollywood use to sort of not take full accountability for whatever bad behavior and just try to emerge six months to a year later. Like, I think if he'd taken a plea deal way back when, he could be on his way to a good redemption story and a sit down with Sherry Shepard or Tamron or, or someone like that to clear his good name come, like in the new year. But as of right now, I'm just like, she's literally reading texts about you calling yourself a monster and then threatening to kill himself. That his lawyer put him in a position where this shit could be read out loud in a court of law and then repeated and published in multiple publications, blogs across the internet. Like those text messages, I think did more damage. And that's from a September situation than what he's actually on trial for, which is a March situation. Can he sue his lawyer for malpractice? If he's convicted, can he like go for an appeal like based on the fact that his lawyer wasn't shit? I just, his lawyer is fucking terrible. That's the episode for this week. I apologize it's a little late. We'll be back on Friday slash Saturday. I'm doing the best I can, y'all. Talk soon. Bye. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.